show. Comic book flagship. everyone welcome back to uh, comic book logic hey yeah so we we've gone through iron man the incredible hulk iron man 2 phase one <laughs> and now oh we also went through thor and now we're uh going through captain america the first avenger this is the first one captain american colon the first yes. avenger the first Avenger. it's not Cap'n. just it's not captain america i believe it is no i believe it's isn't it Captain? it's it's Captain. like like a, the crunch with an apostrophe yeah mm-hmm. Captain. yeah and then Murica. You know what? I don't know why he's called Captain America. I didn't see one boat in that entire movie. <laughs> it's crazy. All right. So uh, <laughs> continuing with the MCU universe. Um, so as we always start off, I am Joe. And with me as always is my co-host, Kevin. Hello. And uh, right now we're going to be going through our, kind of our basic starting point, which you do in every episode is, Kevin, what did you know about Captain America before going into this movie surprisingly i did see the 80s captain america movie oh with uh with the james brolin i think is in it uh Jesus. and ned Beatty, i want to say and Ke- Ye- and, yes. the, and the italian red skull hey i'm, yeah. I'm a red skull <laughs> that i'm a red like a pasta sauce that is probably the only thing i know other than the, like i've seen pictures of captain america i yeah. know what he looks like you knew that he punched hitler at one point <laughs> oh everyone punched Punches. hitler <laughs> every superhero had to do it at least once I've, exactly if the if the comic book uh character wasn't invented until after world war ii there was some sort of time time travel plot in which there was an issue where they got to yeah. go back and punch Hitler because they feel like they missed out. I'm sure it was like every day it was like, <laughs> who is it now? <laughs> what? What is it? <laughs> I'm Herr Hitler. Das Ubermensch here to punch you in face. <laughs> I nice. Das Ubermensch. It's a nuisance Ubermensch. <laughs> <laughs> das wir haben ein appointment. <laughs> das, he called ahead. <laughs> I don't even. I think I'm switching to Russian there. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. It works. Yeah. Well, so that's where uh, that's where I was with Captain America. I I like. I think a lot of people were, um, w- was like, really? How how are we going to make a a Captain America movie watchable? Because yeah. it sounds like if you, if you don't know anything, if you're me and you don't know anything about it, and you just yeah. see Captain America and you think. That's the dumbest thing ever. Yeah, I mean, it's really, and we're, we'll probably go into this a little bit when we go into production notes, but it seems really weird that we'd have such, like, what one could consider a jingoistic superhero in a post-9-11 society, you know? It's yeah. like, well, I mean, I shouldn't say post, I say post-post-9-11 society. Yeah. You know, 2000, you know, you know, 10 years after 9-11, you can have that, and you're like, wow, well, can, can this work? But we'll we'll get into that in a little bit because Captain America actually debuted in 1941, which um, I think there was something going on in the world at that time. Um, something. Citizen Kane had just come out. <laughs> Is that El Capone was dancing the Charleston <laughs> on top of the Empire State Building? Dun, 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 dun. Um, 
No, uh, you know, so he 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 debuted after uh, Hitler had invaded Poland and the Low Countries and and France at that point. Um, I don't know necessarily if it was before, after. Well, yeah, I guess. But he was a uh, you know he was created by uh, Joe Simon and uh, uh, Jack Kirby. And Jack it's, Kirby. It's important that we put Joe Simon in here, and this is actually I think the first. Uh, no, maybe okay. No, but it, Joe Simon is very important with this because that comes in later on with the production notes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, All right. A little preview. Yes, little exactly. Preview for you there. And he actually Please. he debuted in Captain America Comics number one. He didn't appear in like Tales to Astonish or someone else's book. He had his own book right off the start, and of course, <laughs> Captains of America. Captains of America, <laughs> including the introduction of Captain America. Yeah, it's actually uh, kind of important that he was actually the first superhero uh, from Marvel Comics to appear in a movie in 1944. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I didn't uh, know about that. What's the 1944 movie? I think it's just called Captain America. Oh, <laughs> Captain America versus Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Abbott and Costello meet Captain America. Yes, exactly. <laughs> meet Captain America and Billy the Kid. Um, yeah, I mean, the... I get all these are all old timey references. <laughs> yeah, you do. You're you're dying. You're like, yes, <laughs> finally someone mentioned Abbott and Costello. <laughs> he was. Uh, uh, he's actually kind of funny in his creation because he's a blonde-haired, blue-eyed superhero fighting the Nazis. Which is very unique because back then in comic books, most comic book characters actually had black hair, um, very and very. Uh, I don't know what the proper term is, but you don't really see a lot of blonde superhero characters out there, yeah. um, especially because you know he was uh, fighting the Nazis, of course, and that's the Aryan pers- uh, sure. personification is the blonde hair, blue eyed superhero, but he's fighting for the Americans and not the Nazis, right? Uh, he's didn't have a lot of superpowers. All he had was super. He didn't even really have super strength, so to speak, because he was just he liked to punch things. He was a scrawny guy. The yeah. movie kind of hits it a little bit on the head where he was a scrawny little dude who gets injected with super soldier serum, and it didn't give him autism. It actually gave him superpowers. <laughs> Uh, see, that's what they should be showing these people. It's like, look, yeah. no, you're not going to get autism from vaccination. You get superpowers. Yeah. Or not really superpowers. You just get super strength. <laughs> you get super. And you can also run really fast, which which is, I guess, is part of his super strength. <laughs> and he can jump really high because his legs are super strong. I know. Yeah. I guess that's how that works. Yeah. And he was a. Uh, he was created a, a much. It was almost identical to what happened in the in the movie, with the exception of. The the Howard Stark was nowhere around at that point. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And he basically he actually survives the war in in real in the comics. He goes all the way to the 1950s and then he just kind of disappears for a bit. But then he's revived in the 19 uh, in the 1960s, where uh, he, to fight the hippies. To fight the hippies. Actually, that's kind of what happens. Charlie Manson. <laughs> it's like, oh no, we gotta fight <laughs> the Charlie Manson gang. <laughs> Charlie Manson's like, Helter, Skelter, get him. And there's a guy named Helter and a guy named Skelter who goes after him. <laughs> Wait, no, that's Batman. That's not Captain America. <laughs> Yikes. Where Charlie Manson is played by... Uh, that's some DC bullshit right there. <laughs> the, uh, he's played by Ed, Ed, Ed Wynn. He's like, oh, go get him, guys. <laughs> Helter and Skelter go up and fight him. 
Once again, these old references were I'm, thrown I'm good. out there. Man. Yeah. Well, you know, this is very, this is rude. It's all very old timey. We we we're the movie set in the forties, so. Yeah, he was actually teased as a preview in the nineteen uh, in the nineteen sixties in an issue of Fantastic Four. Uh, they they brought back a Captain America who was doing an exhibition, but it turned out at the end it wasn't Captain America. It was some guy pretending to be Captain America, wow. and they were just gauging to see how well he did, so that he could be brought back to see whether or not the character could be brought back. He did. He came back, and it turns out that his whole backstory was retconned, so that he was frozen in ice after an experimental plane dropped him into the North Atlantic. Very similar to what you see in the movie. Sure. Yeah. Makes and then sense. he then he goes on to fight with the Avengers for many years. Gets disillusioned with America during Vietnam, but I'm sure we could get into a little bit more <laughs> if Captain America ever has a sequel movie. Perhaps where if he, he ever does, yeah. yeah. Perhaps if he fights Russians or something, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> drones, <laughs> drones, drones would be involved probably. <laughs> they always are. When Captain America throws his mighty shield, all those who chose to oppose his shield must yield. If he's led to a fight. So now time for the recap. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and recap this one to the best of my abilities. I'm going to rely on you because I have a feeling that, like all comic book movies, you've seen Captain America a dozen mm. times. Well, I do have TNT at home, so. Oh, that'll do it. Yep. Uh, so this was my second viewing of Captain America. I remember seeing it when I saw it the first time. I believe I watched it technically before Thor. Um, they were both out on DVD by that point. I didn't see either in the theater. And I, uh, I remember liking Captain America mar marginally to enough, I guess, better than Thor, which I think still holds up and we'll, we'll get to that. But, uh, so this was my second viewing. So I had a little bit of an, uh, of an idea of where it was going. Um, but if I leave anything out as we're going along, Please jump in. I, 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 I had a, a, at least a glass of wine in me at this point. This so. is Kevin's uh, first recap, so we'll give this him. This is my first recap. So uh, the movie opens on the set of the Dennis Quaid, Jake Gyllenhaal movie, The Day After Tomorrow, ah. uh, in which a big dumb spaceship had landed, <laughs> and they say, you're going to need a bigger crane, and inside of the spaceship is... Captain America's shield. Yes. Also Captain America. Yes. Well, we don't know necessarily that he's in there, but it's definitely implied. Yes. And that's our, that's sort of our, that was today. That's, that's sort of, I guess you could call that a cold open. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> then we cut to Norway, March 1942. <laughs> you have to talk like this. <laughs> Walder Frey uh, is in a castle. <laughs> He's getting attacked by Nazis, only it's not Nazis. It's Hydra. Yes. Definitely not Nazis, Definitely although they not. are working with the Nazis. He does yeah. mention the Fuhrer. Hydra is a branch of the Nazis, kind of like the Luftwaffe or the Kriegsmarines. There you go. Yes, yes. Thus we they have... should probably have a more German name. But... <laughs> we have one Luftwaffe. We have one from the Goring Division. We have one Hydra. Wait, what did you say? Hydra. You know, Hydra. Hydra like like the snake with many heads from Greek. Well, we don't have a German thing we could call it. <laughs> like the fine, fine, fine. We'll call it Das Hydra. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> that is a feminine pronoun. <laughs> is, is that sound good? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, sanguine. Is Das a feminine? No, wait. Das is a I neuter. Don't, neuter I neuter don't, pronoun? I do not All right, know. I don't, I don't speak German. I only took three years I, of it in high school. Uh, <laughs> I, I speak comic German. Comic German. Yes. Uh, so Hugo Weaving is our big bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Schmidt. Yeah. Johann Schmidt. Johann Schmidt. Okay, there we go. Couldn't remember. I wrote. I mostly in my recap wrote either the character's name or the actor's name, whichever I was more familiar with. Yeah. Uh, and so Hugo Weaving is there. And he shows up, and I and I'm thinking, and you're going to have to help me out with this one a little bit. He wanted to find the blue cube, yes. the tesseract, yes. right, which was from Thor. Yes. And then he finds, looks like he finds one, but it's the fake one. And then he finds a real one by pressing a snake's eyeball. Yes. Well, you got to remember that in the end, at at Thor, the Tesseract, which is what they show at the end of the, of the movie, is in modern day. This is going back to 1940s. Right. So this is, is the same thing, but back in the okay in the do. So he finds back in the do. So he finds it, uh, and he uh, and then uh, you know, Walter Frey says, "You don't know about your power," and mm. he shoots him. Yes. Anyway, because mm-hmm. he says, you know, that's dumb. Because <laughs> that's what you um, do in that situation. His face does a weird thing, yeah. a little foreshadowing there that there's something weird with his face. He's, he talks about the Fuhrer digging for trinkets in the desert, like, you know, the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> <laughs> that would be really great if they actually put that music cue in there, but they didn't. Lots of things melt Nazis' faces. Apparently. Um, that seems to be a recurring theme with religious artifacts. They don't even have to be Christian artifacts. No. It doesn't matter what they are. Yeah. Uh, so he gets uh, Thor's blue thing, uh, which he wants to use. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, Steve Rogers is enlisting. He's a scrawny little wiener man. Uh, <laughs> that uh, the special effects are so—they're good, but at the same time, they're so disturbing. It's like looking at Freud's like grotesque. You're just like, oh my god. <laughs> it's 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 very strange. So so yeah. So he has you know he has all this courage and you know a he, really just a hilariously yeah. long list of maladies that yeah. keep him out of the army. He he can't enlist. He gets labeled four F. Yeah. Which uh, <laughs> is it really four F? Four F. I wrote that down. He's labeled four F. Which uh, Woody Allen would say in the event of war, he's a hostage. <laughs> So I'm going to well, use that two, joke. He's two grades above uh, 4H, so at least he'll go before the livestock. <laughs> go before the livestock. <laughs> That's the joke I wanted to make there. Thank you. So after he uh, he loses out on that, he uh, went his little tiny CG body. Yeah. Uh, I choose to believe that instead of it being a CG body... Uh, Chris Evans' head is CG, and that that's and that's actually like uh, you know what's his name? That's actually what's his name who plays like Jojen Reed playing <laughs> Billy Elliot. It's Billy Elliot's body. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he goes to the movies, confronts a big dumb jerk. Yeah. Uh, and then he gets his ass kicked, which is apparently a thing that yeah always happens, happens. a lot. Yeah. He won't back down. No, he won't back down. He, he likes getting punched. And, uh, you know, so his uh, it's also foreshadowing. He grabs the garbage can lid. They do that three or four times in the movie. They really want to drill it down. He has a shield, everyone. Mm -hmm. FYI. Uh, But his friend, uh, Bucky, Bucky Barnes, James Bucky Barnes shows up. He's a soldier. He shows up and he uh, we find out that this is not Rogers first time trying to enlist. Not his first rodeo. No, I mean, he can't get into rodeos no, no. either. So technically, he's never been to one of those either. Yeah. Actually, the, the, the rules and the, the regulations for getting into a rodeo are much greater than getting into the <laughs> army. 
So he he's is four H there. Yeah, so he's four H. He's the, the the calf. Yeah, that they, they yeah. that they tie. <laughs> they yeah, they, they lasso out. Steve Rogers and <laughs> <laughs> he makes that noise every time. <laughs> Ooh, don't hurt me. <laughs> Thanks, guys. See you tomorrow. Uh, so then they go, they do what everyone was doing uh, in the 1940s. They go to the World's Fair. Well, that's the, the World's Fair that was from Iron Man 2. Yes. The yeah. World's Fair, uh, Stark Industries. Yeah. Yay! The, Stark the Howard Stark. The Stark, ex- the Stark Expo is what The Stark it was. Expo yeah. is Stark there. Expo, as Stark we Expo. called it in the previous episode. He's unveiling their awesome hover car technology, which obviously didn't go anywhere. They actually won't perfect it. Those. They won't perfect it to 2015. You Where go. you can get a conversion to your normal car along with a Mr. Fusion. <laughs> I just watched Back to the Future Part 1 and 2 today, so... Oh, so what you're saying is where we're going... We don't we, need roads. We won't no. need roads. That's good. That's, yeah. that's good to know. Um, so Stanley Tucci's there. Yes. Um, Stanley Tucci, who does the same accent that we're doing in this movie, <laughs> right. in this podcast. Just all-purpose, just yeah. European. Uh, they do a worse version of the go- of the joke from Ghostbusters 2 where he says, where are you from? And he says, like, Bronx and 47th or something like <laughs> yeah. that. It's, a, it's not as bad, good of a joke as the, the Upper, upper West, West Side that uh, What's-His-Face says. Um, Janusz. Janusz, yes. Um, so, yeah, Stanley Tucci is there to overhear... Uh, you know, Steve and Bucky are arguing. He says, but but Bucky, I have every right to be killed on the field of battle. <laughs> yes. Or worse, come back as an amputee. Yes. And uh, so he realizes that, you know, this is probably my, my guy. This yeah. is going to be my super soldier. He's not he's not looking for someone who's strong. He's looking for someone who's at heart. Yes, he, yeah. because it amplifies the, the good quality. So he tries again, of course, but uh, Dr. Stanley Tucci is there. Um, he offers them uh, a chance to fight, but not... In the way he imagines, mm-hmm. again with the with the force. You see, Steve doesn't want to kill Nazis. No, he just doesn't like bullies. Yes, and that's important to to his character. Uh, even though they still, I mean, they really need to kill Nazis. I mean, it's, I mean, like, it's, it's that's, that's a I mean, very important part of it. I mean, it's not. I just don't. I don't. It's not that I don't like him because he's a Nazi. I don't <laughs> like him because he's a bully. But being a Nazi helps. I, I, it's going to make it more justified that I <laughs> yes. will kill him later. Yeah. Um, so we cut back to Hugo Weaving, Toby Jones, yay, <laughs> uh, and the blue thing, uh, the big blue thing, which is going to power their thingamajig. Uh, it works, I guess. It's not entirely clear, but you know <laughs> the bad things are going to happen when that thing reaches 88 miles per I mean, 100% uh, blue power. 100% blue power so uh we cut back we got steve and some soldiers they meet agent carter star of the uh hit abc series agent carter yes uh and tommy Tommy lee Lee jones tommy lee jones comes in he plays himself in this movie (laughs) i don't think tommy lee jones has played a character (laughs) i would go as far back as the fugitive (laughs) probably and even then yeah and then you also but uh yeah so you have uh at, this is on the army base where where Steve is getting his prep training for for whatever yes. Doctor Erskine has in, in his in his mind. Right. He offers an inspiring speech about how they're going to be creating super soldiers, and one of them is going to be the lucky one. So then they do the flag bit. Yes. And we find out the the you know the brains over brawn yeah. bit, um, which was also I believe done better in Mulan. another tommy lee jones movie oh. men in black oh yeah yeah that's another true. good one yeah i was gonna say in mulan they do the same routine but... <laughs> no nothing was done better in mulan except for uh best 
use of Eddie Murphy as a it, cartoon dragon. Yes. Um, goes to that movie. Then there's a grenade bit. Yeah. Oh, the grenade bit's great. So too. then we see that uh, just how selfless he is. And then the other guy, that's who Tommy Lee Jones wanted. He wanted this big, dumb jerk guy. <laughs> and uh, he runs away. He wanted and, Biff from yeah, Back to the Future. He wanted Biff. <laughs> yeah. Biff's stand-in. But it turns out he gets... Uh, Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers. So uh, Stanley Tucci then explains to Steve Rogers via a crazy cartoonish montage... <laughs> Yeah. The whole backstory that uh, Schmidt, Hugo Weaving, yeah. uh, is a super bad guy, and he's the real big bad guy. Even even more evil than Hitler, I yeah. think. This, so this guy is the <laughs> they evil call, Hitler. They call him Das Rathschadl, the Red Skull. <laughs> and so he got the, sol- the serum yeah. Yeah. initially, yeah. and he was going to turn himself into a super soldier. Mm-hmm. And it kind of worked except that it also made his face all red and weird yeah made him gave him a red skull <laughs> gave him a weird red skull for a face that still isn't really a skull i mean it still has it's like a, flesh yeah. and muscle and it's... he can talk he's not like skeletor <laughs> but with red he doesn't Captain America. <laughs> retreat <laughs> i will soon take over all of eternia i, I mean, mean europe europe and the world that this planet is <laughs> Come, Beast Man. I mean, Toby Jones. (laughs) 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 Yes. And, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much... And anyway, that's where I left off. The rest of the movie is punching. <laughs> so, so I think we're done with the recap. No, no, no. no there's more. There yeah. is more. Well, I, well yeah, because then they go. Now was the big experiment where Steve gets injected with, right. with the serum and Vita rays. And we also realize before that that Hugo, we find out that Hugo, Hugo Weaving knows that Stanley Tucci's found him and yeah. knows that he has the serum. And so he sends some cronies <laughs> yeah. to try and go and steal it. But they are too late. Yes. Because, yes, they do the experiment. We get some kids playing stickball. Yeah. Oh, you know who else we, you know who else we meet? We, we meet uh, Howard Stark, who's yes. also working on the Vita Rays. However, not being played by John Slattery at this point. Being played not quite as well by Dominic uh, Cooper. Yes. Uh, Should have been John Slattery for... Jiminy's sake, it should have been John Slattery. <laughs> that would have made a lot more sense because we had uh, already done that. Yeah. He was probably doing Madman. I don't know. Yeah. He was way too drunk at that point. He was far too drunk. He was hanging out with, with hippies yeah. and yes. doing a lot of weird stuff. So they get ready to, Stanley Tucci is ready to transform Steve Rogers into either, I was unclear here, either a patriotic superhero or like some kind of werewolf. I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> Entirely sure what they were going Doc, for. Will this make me? Will this make me strong? It will either make you strong or turn you into das werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> he comes out. He's a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> this was unexpected. Well, give him a shield, Sergeant Werewolf of the USNC. Sergeant Werewolf Ow. reporting for duty. No, it would be Aura. That's you. That's joke. Marines are Aura. Is their the thing? So Aura. that's a good. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's that one Marine who listens to our <laughs> podcast is dying right now. He says that was brilliant. Uh, so the serum, Sergeant Werewolf of the USNC. <laughs> so the serum. <laughs> See, they don't even give him captain rank. He's just no, a sergeant. He's just gonna, sergeant. We're, all right, we're going to invade that base, but we have to wait until next Monday when it's a full moon. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
He's only a werewolf part of the time, so we're only going to make him a nomcom. We're not going to give him an actual, <laughs> you know, commission. Yes. So the serum, which is uh, powered by magic, works to finally Vine match rays. Chris Evans' body with his head. Yes. <laughs> they are once again reunited. Yeah. Um, he comes out all hunky. Yeah. Um, so that's exciting. I mean, I swooned a little bit when I saw that. Now, at what point, because it, <laughs> it didn't happen during the movie, so I'm guessing it might happen in a sequel. At what point does this cause him to burst into flames and then he flies around <laughs> as the human torch? Because uh, I was trying to figure out when that would happen. No, no, no. It's, it's all been retconned. Now it's Michael B. Jordan who's going to be doing it. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, you know, so so he's, uh, you know, we have the, oh, before we have to have the big scene in which another giant machine counts up percentages. Yes. Um, that's a big thing in this movie. It's 40%, <laughs> 50% people saying that yeah. a lot. <laughs> that's true. There is a lot of that in Car- this movie. Carter is, Agent Carter is immediately turned on. So obviously yeah. they're going to have worked. a whole will they, won't they thing. Um, you know, she asks, how do you feel? And he says, taller. Mm-hmm. And then we get some canned chuckle and then some applause. <laughs> some some sensible chuckles. <laughs> <laughs> then an explosion. Yes. Action sequence. It turns out one of the bad guys, or one of the guys in there was one of the bad guys. Uh, he's got a gun. He shoots Stanley Tucci. Oh. Uh, oh, and some other people. Uh, and he escapes outside under the set of the Untouchables. <laughs> Um, Andy Garcia's randomly shows up, Agent, starts shooting. Agent Carter and Elliot Ness chase him down. She <laughs> shoots one of them, uh, misses the other. It's a big, exciting thing. Roger saves her. Uh, then he runs super fast and he jumps super high and super far. Uh, and then there's more foreshadowing with the shield. Lucky Star Cab Company. Yeah. Uh, the bad guy takes an orphan hostage because, of course, he does. And then he's out of bullets. <laughs> and then he throws a ginger orphan in the water, but he can swim, so it's cool. And then there's a weird personal Nazi sub waiting for him, and he dives. But Roger swims after him and catches him and throws him up on the dock and kicks him. And the serum vial breaks, and then he breaks a cyanide capsule in his tooth, and he says, Hail Hydra. And then it's like, okay, well, I guess I do this now. Uh, <laughs> well, and then the, that's it. The, that whole sequence was just to show that they can't make another Captain America at this point. <laughs> they right. could have just had Stanley Tucci like, be shot, and they go, oh. We can't make another Captain America. <laughs> Boom. 20 minutes out of the movie. <laughs> or 10 at that point. Uh, so that was that. That yeah. was, uh, I wrote all of that down yeah. um, as a great big run-on sentence because that's what that scene was. So It was, it was a great big run-on sentence. It was good, though. It was fun. Yeah. It was a fun little action sequence. We got all the, the, the little car chase. Um, all those cars going, you know, 35 miles an hour, <laughs> their top speed at that point. 40 miles an hour? What are you, crazy? <laughs> This thing's made of nothing but solid titanium. <laughs> Seatbelts even... haven't even been invented yet. This isn't even metal. It's carved of stone. <laughs> Yabba-dabba-doo. Yabba-dabba-doo. Um, so we see some Hydra stormtroopers, which was cool. Um, we find out that the Fuhrer, a.k.a. Hitler. Yes. They don't say Hitler much. They just say the, the Fuhrer. Fuhrer a lot. The fu- they're Fuhrer. Uh, is he's losing patience with the Red Skull, and uh, even the Nazis think that he's gone off the deep end, yeah. which he has. Yeah. Um, so he uses his big blue thing to oh. zap them all into oblivion. That, that's Red Skull. He makes me look yeah. <laughs> look like a sane man. <laughs> no one out crazy is the Fuhrer. Go after Russia. Uh, really? <laughs> the Fuhrer is Russia. He's... It, 
So he kills. So yeah. so Hugo Weaving kills Nazis, which is good. Yeah. But he kills them with the evil laser. With his with his which blue laser, I guess is bad. Which is powered by the Tesseract. Right. Yes. So that makes it that makes it bad. But but there was at least something good in there. The silver yeah. lining was there are now fewer Nazis. Yes. Um. So there's that. So then we cut to Tommy Lee Jones, and he says that they're going to take the fight to Hydra, but Steve Rogers can't go. For whatever reason, yeah, that's what's really weird and unclear. In he this says part of the he's movie. not enough. Yeah, he, it's it's like, well, I think it's mainly because they don't know what to do with him, as opposed yeah. to more of what he can do. So, so he ends up uh, playing a character in an old school Captain America uniform, selling war bonds. Well, you got to sell war bonds, right? He, I still, you know, you know what? I do a lot of research on World War II, and I love the the area. I still don't know what war bonds do. No, I, I just no assume they were something to keep people busy, like Liberty Gardens and stuff like that. Every every <laughs> dollar is a bullet in your best guy's gun. Yep. Uh, so he takes pictures with babies, grown men. He shoots movies. Uh, he gets a little bit better at it. Uh, once again, proving that there is no government program so expensive and innovative that it cannot be completely ruined by bureaucracy. <laughs> Very true. Um, and then we get Captain America comic books. Yeah, and trading cards and Golly uh, gee. Yeah. And and radio shows and everything. Um Nice Boots Tinkerbell. <laughs> they throw tomatoes at him. I don't know where Oh that's okay. Where they get so those tomatoes. This, so that's when he goes to the, yes, the, the, he he's, goes, he's touring the front. He's touring the front. Yeah. He's meeting with the actual soldiers. They want the dancing girls. They're not impressed. No. With they his, don't want uh, they don't want nonsense. Captain America. No. They they want the girls. So Agent Carter shows up. Again, uh, tells uh, Captain that uh, he was meant for more than this. Yeah. Like every good Roxy music song, he was <laughs> meant for more than this. Well, as we all know, you and the Captain make it happen. Uh, and then we also find out that uh, the Red Skull and Hydra kidnapped. Uh, they, they went up against and they captured a bunch of the members of the 107th. Which is Bucky's unit. Bucky's unit. Bucky is is fighting in Europe, and he's captured. He's either been captured or killed. He's yeah. not sure, but it's enough for Captain to go on a rescue mission. Yes, puts on that. Puts on a, a good A helmet out of the USA helmets that are out there. Good thing he didn't put on the U. It'd yeah. get people a little confused. Right. Captain Uganda. Captain U- United States yes. of America. <laughs> this could have been shortened. <laughs> Uh, so Howard he put Stark, ca- ca- the big ass had been Captain Spain, and he just Captain- been like, Captain, you gotta go rescue Bucky. Ah, manana. <laughs> or- orders another <laughs> bottle of Spanish wine, <laughs> decides not to go watch the bullfights because it's too hot. <laughs> what kind of wine do you want? <laughs> Raw. <laughs> Raw. <laughs> oh, Captain Spain. You are swarthy. <laughs> you are just swarthy. <laughs> yes, and then uh, uh, Howard, so Howard Stark, Stark uh, flies Carter and Cap into Austria. They get uh, in his little private uh, plane. They get yeah. shot at, so he jumps out. Yeah. Uh, we see Neil McDonough. Yeah, is Dum Dum Dugan, who I love. Great character actor. Great character actor, Neil McDonough. Delightful guy. Yeah. Uh, Cap sneaks into the Hydra facility. He does some punching. He sees the blue thing. He sees the maps. Yeah. He goes there trying to look at the tapestries. Rescues some uh, some guys. Uh, then there's lasers, punching, the Asian guy from Fresno. <laughs> um, 
and uh, they the, escape. Yeah, a massive, massive set piece fight scene where yeah. Cap is confronted by the Red Skull. Yes, uh, yes, he rescues Bucky. He was about to undergo some kind of procedure, probably yeah. ooh, ooh. with the serum. Probably wouldn't have worked out very well, but no. maybe it would have eventually. The blue I don't skull. Know. Uh, Hugo goes all self-destruct mode. Uh, he confronts Cap. He tears off his Hugo weaving mask, which I want one of those, by the way. If I cannot have Eternia, neither can you! <laughs> he suddenly reveals that we're in a Mission Impossible movie, which is why everyone has improbably lifelike masks. Um, and he's the Red Skull. He's got a Red Skull face. Ah! It was not just a clever name. <laughs> he literally has a big spooky face. And, then, and Toby Jones runs away. Uh, Toby Jones, yes, he escapes in the Hydromobile, which is available <laughs> at a toy store near you. Well, and... I liked how all the vehicles looked like G.I. Joe Cobra yeah, vehicles. Totally. Yeah, totally. And then, uh, yeah, because we get a plane later and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> and then there's a big grand escape through the fire, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, and then Cut oh, back to he's alive. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones, and he's about to declare Captain America killed in action, but here they all come. They all have marching the along yeah, with the vehicles and everything they else. They have their Hydra laser tank, which is also available at a toy store near you. Yes. Um, and we say, let's hear it for Captain America. He gets his name, yeah. finally. Yeah. His official he also name. Gets a, he also gets a commission and a huge rank increase. Yeah. You know, the, Just, you know how much a captain gets paid? It's ridiculous. Even in, in the 40s. That's, yeah. That was a lot of money back then. Yeah. <laughs> so our obligatory Stanley cameo yes. as Cap fails to show up to get his medal yeah. because he's too busy fighting, making plans. Yeah, fighting Nazis. He's fighting the Nazis. Yeah. He, uh, he knows where all of their weapons factories are. Because he saw it on the map. Because he saw it once. He has super photogenic memory now. Photographic memory now. He also has photogenic memory. He yeah. takes His memory takes very good pictures. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we see Natalie Dormer. Yes. So at this point, I was too busy swooning yeah. uh, to catch what was going on. But I believe that uh, she comes on to Captain America. She does. Like and she does in real life to everyone. And, and so and, I believe. And Haley and uh, I'm sorry, uh, Agent Carter, Agent Carter catches this. her, catches them. She gets jealous. Um, you know, she doesn't like them. Um, <laughs> we find out that fondue is just cheese and bread. Yeah. Um, Howard Stark is Steve Rogers M. Gives, him, yeah, very gives true. him a fancy shield, uh, which is made of a super fancy metal that's bulletproof. Vibranium. Vibranium. In the comic books, it's made of vibranium and uh, adamantium. But for some odd reason, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, <laughs> you can't use the term adamantium for some odd reason. <laughs> Snicked. Adamantium is copyright the Sony Corporation. It's copyright Wolverine. <laughs> Snicked. So we get a War Hero montage. Yes. Very exciting. Him doing all the things. Red Skulls, which leads to Red Skull saying, you are failing. <laughs> it is a very good moment. It's a great Cap Skeletor moment. Yeah. yeah, he's having his great villain moments. <laughs> he's slamming his fist on the table. Yes. Yeah. Oh, beast man, bring me my sword. <laughs> I don't know that he ever said sword at any point, but it's been a long time since I've seen him. <laughs> Um, so then they, uh, the, the team, so the, Cap, howling, the howling commandos yes. as they are called. 
Cap and Bucky and Neil McDonough and the Asian guy from Fresno and a black guy and probably some other people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a Native American with a full Indian headdress. <laughs> an Eskimo right. with a harpoon. <laughs> yes. That was, that's, it, we're full Mattel at this point. <laughs> and there's, ever- a guy in a, there's a guy named Wheels who's in a wheelchair <laughs> that's rocket powered of some sort. There's, a, there's an Australian guy with a boomerang. <laughs> right. Yeah. So they got, there's a ninja. There's a ninja. Inexplicably. We've never seen him, but he's yeah. there. He's there. Because he's really good. That's why we've never yeah. seen him. We get, Can we go through any more? Do we have to have Captain Spain in there? It's like, Captain Spain, we got to go fight Hydra. <laughs> Manana. <laughs> well, and even, right. And you even clearly have, like, Neil McDonough's clearly, like, the British guy for some reason. And he's, like, drinking tea the whole time with a yeah, monocle. Yeah. His bowler hat and his epic mustache. <laughs> um so anyway, so they are getting onto the train, which I believe the train. So there's a train, and it's traveling a super through. Train. It's a snowpiercer. It's, it's <laughs> traveling through a frozen tundra. Yeah, it is called, I believe, snowpiercer. Yeah, it's the snowpiercer. Um, and, uh, Chris Captain- Evans always finds himself on various trains going through various frozen wastelands. Strangely enough, Captain America also knows what babies taste like, and they taste the best. And they taste the best, and he doesn't like that he knows that. He doesn't he like does. that he knows that. Hey, there was a war on. <laughs> so it was a different time. We all had to pitch in. We were all doing our part, yeah. even the babies. Yeah. They taste best. Uh, and as they're trying to break into it, Bucky, uh, Bucky Barnes falls off of the Snowpiercer, <laughs> To his death. Who would have thought that I could have died falling off a train? <laughs> this might lose it. <laughs> this was a really dumb idea. I really thought I'd be back for the sequel, but I won't be. Or will I? <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. Um, but we don't know that yet. So Toby Jones gets captured yes. uh, on the Snowpiercer, and he's getting interrogated by Tommy Lee Jones. Yes. Um, so he, so Tommy Lee Jones sent out a communique. Um coded but of uh but of course you know of, of course he knows that hydra has broken that code so he's gonna think that toby jones has cooperated but he yes. hasn't so now at this point he might as well because he's dead anyway armin zola by the way we never really you never gave him his proper name of armin zola oh that's because toby jones is so much better yes. so much better for for that character but he talks name. he talks like this he talks the entire thing exactly he's 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 our token peter laurie character well, I didn't want to say Peter Laurie because that's my casting for him for later on. Me too. But that's okay. <laughs> I think our casting. Spoiler. Spoiler. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Peter Laurie. Uh, we'll get to that. Yeah. I know. I, did, I was trying not to say that either, but it was it was an obvious uh It's an obvious poll, point, yeah. So we won't yeah. talk about that, but yes. So anyway, we get to the part where, uh, you know, he, he says that, uh, uh, oh, we he says that uh, they, they want to know where Red Skull's target is. And Toby Jones says that his target is everywhere yes because see red skull my just target wants to... his target is everywhere <laughs> <laughs> yes master rick um, when are you going to sell the bar rick <laughs> you've got to hide me rick <laughs> that's what i'm sorry yeah no sydney green street I wanted to, to, to sell, sell me the bar, bar rick sell the bar to my parrot um <laughs> Oh, yeah, that movie entirely... hadn't even come out yet no, in this universe, nope. so they couldn't have even made those references. Nope. Um, it was almost out. So we get to the part where Red Skull's planning his assault, the good guys are planning their assault, we get a motorcycle scene straight out of The Last Crusade, complete yeah. with a Wilhelm screen. Yeah. I was very excited by that. Um, the, the end just devolves into this big g- action sequence. It's the, the giant it's... Marvel 
last act fight sequence. It's it's punching, it's lasers, it's CG, it's Red Skull escaping in a plane, super fast car, jumping on the plane, um, the guy falling into the propeller. Surpri- surprising for a PG-13 movie. It was yeah. a little, I mean, it was all, all you know, CG and everything, yeah. obviously, but um, everything, everything is lasers. Um, Captain Red Skull punching each other. Yeah. He says, you could have the power of the gods. But then he breaks the thingy with a shield and Red Skull disintegrates, I guess. <laughs> no, that was holding me. To, that was my power, I guess. Uh, the Tesseract <laughs> don't, falls don't look through into the, the Tesseract. <laughs> don't look directly into it. Yeah. Don't look into it, Marion, no matter what. No matter yeah. what you hear. He's beautiful. <laughs> uh, turns out they were digging in the wrong place. Yeah. Um, and then... Know, then the plane that has all the bombs and everything going to America. Yeah. And- um, yeah, he has no choice. He's on a collision course with New York City. He has uh, and actually, no it's choice Ho- but to. It's Hoboken, actually. Hobo- so-, oh, Hoboken. Oh. <laughs> so-, <laughs> so he crashes it into Trenton. <laughs> And it's a, a good Superman reference for you. Yes, See, which, I, which yeah. I, I, I watched uh, last night as well. Oh, my God. That's a... It's a rough. It's a, it's rough a good watch. movie, but it's ugh, it's that's dated. Doesn't begin to cover that movie. Nope. Um. Uh, so Captain crashes into the uh, the the Arctic, I guess, into the the North Atlantic Ocean. North Atlantic, yeah. Um. We know, of course, that he's not dead because they found him frozen in the beginning of the movie. So in the now open, yeah. he's thought out. He's in the present. He's laying. In, well, we don't. We, he's laying in a bed. Yeah, he's he listening to an old timey baseball game on an old timey yeah. radio. The old timey nurse comes in, but he knows that the game that's playing has to be a rebroadcast because he was there, and there are no recordings or anything or replays no. in in the forties, and so he doesn't know what's going on, and he punches through the wall. <laughs> because I, that's what you would do. I know this game is fake. The Cubs have never won the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> he punches through the yeah. wall. He finds out that he's in the middle of Times Square, yeah. which is a really weird place to put yeah, a super secret uh, yeah, I mean, like, like, you facility. Couldn't, you couldn't have put it out in the middle of like Fort Bragg or like, you know, like Leavenworth, Fort Leavenworth. <laughs> Freaking <laughs> Giuliani's New York. Yeah, exactly. Know? He's like, I know this isn't I, I, this isn't my New York. I don't see any pimps or hookers. You could have you could have put it. You could have hit a, a super secret government Phyllisian and Ed Koch's New York is all I'm saying. How am I doing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> they were trying out. to protect him. They were trying to protect him from himself, basically. Yeah. Uh, from knowing too much, but it's too late. Nick Fury shows up, tells him. Yeah. That you're in the present. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I've always been in the present. And he's like, no, I mean, but you're in the future present. And he's like, what tense is that? And he's like, he says, it's really. Well, it doesn't exist in English, but in German. So the Red Skull would have got this. <laughs> Very confusing. Uh, and then it says uh, that he's been asleep for almost 70 years, which yeah. is just a way to not say 69, I think. Yeah. And, uh, and then it true. says Captain America will return in The, the Avengers. Avengers. Yeah. Uh, the, the end. The end. Why'd you get your guinea pig? Happens to be the best damn candidate out of 600 volunteers. A secret experiment gave one man the strength of a hundred. The rest of the world, he's just codenamed Captain America. And the power to save millions. The Jerry's had an experimental rocket ready to fire at a target somewhere in the United States. Only he could defeat a superhuman madman. They got a fella called the Red Skull heading up their outfit. All we can hope to get in there is one good man. What is saving the world? 
left him trapped in an icy grave until fate released him to finish a battle started decades ago. Yeah, he's still alive. We don't know where he is or who he is. Now, an evil genius is on the verge of global domination. Captain America, you've got to help us. And only Captain America can stop him. Ronnie Cox, Ned Beatty, Darren McGavin, Kim Gillingham, Scott Holland as the Red Skull, and Matt Salinger as the Marvel Comics hero, Captain America. Now it's time for our production notes on the movie. So the movie actually, the part of the reason why I brought up Joe Simon earlier is because this movie was in, had been in production since 1997. Wow. Yeah, a long time ago. In a galaxy far, far away. it was They were trying to get it made, but they couldn't because this was the point in comic book history where creators, old-timey creators, were suing to get ownership of the characters they created. It was a big deal with Superman. Right. Um, and Joe Simon was trying to get ownership of Captain America. Eventually, the suit was settled, but by that point, 2003, they so that was already... You know, six years later, they get an investment and they're trying to get this going. Captain America was one of the few that they had not sold hmm. off. So they still had the rights to it. And so they were trying to get it made as they were getting their film studios launched off. They eventually got it uh, made uh, going into production, hoping to get it out starting around 2008. They got a bunch of people to come. They were talking to Favreau. They talked to. Uh, New- well, OK, but. <laughs> <laughs> They only talked to Favreau. They only talked to Favreau, and he was like, Iron Man! No. <laughs> I want to do that one instead. But they actually got Joe Johnson. Yeah. My favorite director of all time. <laughs> no, really? he's not my favorite director. <laughs> Joe Johnson is that just... That is a thing you would say, though. He's one of my probably the most underrated directors of my lifetime. Yeah. Uh, Rocketeer, of course, right? of course, that's, directed that's Rocketeer. That's why you love him. Oh yeah, and this, and this movie, a lot this like... movie smacks of Rocketeer. Yeah. October Sky. He's just a great guy. That if you're doing something in the 40s, 50s, or 60s, he's the guy that you want to get to direct to get that feel to it. He Jumanji. also did what's that? Jumanji. Jumanji. He also <laughs> did the criminally underrated Jurassic Park three, which I think is very much overlooked. Way better than the Jurassic the Park one. Two, part two. Yeah, yeah. And he was also, uh, I believe, he was a producer on uh, Willow. Which is, uh, I yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah. Yes. But the the movie, of course, was put on hold in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, because of the writers, uh, Writer Guild of America strike. Mm. And it was eventually put into production, going through uh, the, when they did the when they announced the first wave at the Comic Con, with along with Incredible Hulk, Iron Man, and Ant Man. They, the people that they had in for Captain America at that point. Uh, some of the people that they were looking at was uh, Ryan Philippe and John Krasinski, neither of whom, maybe Ryan Philippe, um, but not John Krasinski. He's uh, he's too scrawny. I don't think yeah. they could have got him bulked up enough as Chris Evans for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he would have been, he would have spent too much time looking into the camera and just making that little shrug face, that frowny shrug face. Yeah. The hmm. the other big production note that is is kind of important to this movie is that uh, Joss Whedon actually had a hand in writing this script because by this point he had taken uh, he had been nominated not nominated but he had been chosen to direct Avengers 
So he wanted to kind of use this as a launching point for the Avengers. So he had his fingers in there. So a lot of the stuff, especially the modern day New York stuff that they do at the end where they get Giuliani's New York. Yeah. That's a lot of that's Joss Whedon getting in there and pulling some strings so that he can move it towards kind of what he's looking for in the Avengers. Yeah. yeah. So in a lot of ways, I kind of consider uh, Captain America to be the end of Favreau universe and starting of the Whedon universe for Marvel. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I think that makes, makes sense in my head. Yeah. So, so well, Fav- the writing was a lot was a lot more Whedon esque. It was a lot punchier. It was yeah. a, a, a lot quicker. Um, the characters were a lot more um, of his type um, compared to Thor, and definitely compared to Iron Man two. Well, it, the thing is, is, Thor could have really used Whedon because Thor was yeah. in the massive ensemble cast. Yeah. Which Whedon does really well with. <laughs> well, exactly. And yeah. And it even had like actually Thor had a lot of Whedon characters in there too, like a lot of his like stock characters, like the nerdy girl who's yeah not, yeah yep yeah, and all of those would have been played by <laughs> yeah you know Amy Acker, people from yeah. Buffy yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true they would have all been played by people from Buffy <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, what do you think of the movie? I liked it. I liked it about as much, I think, as I, I did the first time. I remember um, going into it not expecting much and, and, and not having seen Thor. I believe, like I said, I believe I watched it first. And so I was very disappointed when I saw Thor because I think it definitely, to what we were just talking about, before the break, really yeah. uh, switching those around like ma- makes makes a lot of sense as we transition into the Avengers, which has a lot more clever uh, writing. Yeah, but, clever writing and um, handles characters much better. <laughs> uh, other than you know the thing that we always talk about, where the ending is just punching, punching. Yeah. It's not even exciting. It wasn't even really an exciting because it's going to end in a big action sequence. It has yeah. to. It's an action adventure movie. Um, that's going to be the end of it. It's going to have to be the good guys punching the bad guys and the bad guys, you know, shooting lasers at them. And I'm okay with that. But especially with it being lasers, it's just, (laughs) it's already cartoony enough because it's a comic book movie and because it's, um, you know, the kind of comic book movie that it is for it to have just been lasers and all this stuff well, and the blue thing and the sci-fi I, just made it seem so G.I. Joe to me. That's exact. My main problem with Captain America and the Captain America is a movie that I absolutely adore. Captain America, the first Avenger is a movie. I ex- absolutely adore. My biggest problem is design. Uh, for example, Joe Johnson, all of Joe Johnson's movies are really well designed. Rocketeer is, I think one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. Everything in that movie is just designed to a T. Uh, his other movies, October Sky, Willow, um, Jumanji, they all have, they all feel like a real universe. For some odd reason, everything having to do with Hydra and Captain America 
feels like G.I. Joe. Yeah. And it's and with a little bit of Star Wars because they definitely yeah. I mean just even the everything with the lasers and all the stormtroopers looked yeah it just a little lo- bit like stormtroopers from well, Star Wars yeah that's, you know? I always say GI Joe just because it has those tanks that have the big the 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 armored vehicle the armored cars essentially the yeah. big wheels and the guns on the top I believe that's a GI Joe vehicle oh, sure. I'm not a hundred percent sure yeah but it just didn't make any sense because I was like. You could have made something that looked like it belonged in this universe. Something that looked real, at least. You had the budget for it. You could have done yeah. this, and they didn't, which bothers me a lot. They tether it to a real war, mm-hmm. but they make it they make it the, the G.I. Joe version of that war. It's yeah. just, it's all cartoons. It's fictional bad. It's Cobra well, instead and of the, Hydra, and you know? The, and that's the funny thing is, is that in World War II... Like, well, I shouldn't say World War but G.I. Joe took all of their inspiration from real World War II and Korean War vehicles, you know? Yeah. So they were literally driving around G.I. Joe vehicles. Ve- in Cobra Jeeps with, and yeah, tanks and Jeeps helicopters and... and yeah, and, and and Hydra's running around in these weird neo-futuristic things that don't make any sense. They don't look like they belong. They didn't develop out of anything. Yeah. Uh, that, that bothers me just a little bit. Everything else I thought, like, design-wise was pretty nice in the mm-hmm. movie. I really liked... The costume, I like. I like Captain America's. He he starts off with the traditional Captain America outfit, mm-hmm. and then he when he becomes more of a which was made of felt, yeah, primarily. Yeah, my wife knitted it, <laughs> and then they and then they get to when he actually starts doing missions, he actually puts on a more, I guess, uh, functional outfit, but still like ridiculous for actual combat. Yeah, very he's, bulky. You know, yeah, very. But he's got like blue and red and white. It's just yeah. like. Eh, a big target at this point <laughs> he's not blending in with anything yeah, he doesn't have any camo no no no, no. camo but I, I think that's the whole point is that he's supposed to be the symbol when he's doing it mm-hmm. it's like well, yeah well we're gonna out crazy the crew hydra so we're gonna <laughs> send a guy out there with a target painted on his chest <laughs> <laughs> hitler's like is that it i'm out <laughs> ava here your turn now they have a big blue guy <laughs> he's big and blue <laughs> We got the. We have red. The, uh, the Fuhrer. We have red guy. They have blue guy. <laughs> blue always win over red. Was is das? So yeah, that's that was that was my big thing. It was just like it just seemed a little too GI Joey, I guess. Yeah. Cobra y, cartoony. What do you think of the acting? Fine. Um, I thought Chris Evans was good. I think this was a better use of him than the Fantastic Four. Um, well, it's been a long time since I've seen, and I don't know that I ever actually saw the second one, so <sighs> I can't even speak to that. But yeah, we we like to pretend that doesn't that that yeah. didn't happen. No, um, I I liked Chris Evans a lot in the movie. I thought he he embodied that kind of. I think we said this. We we talked about this earlier, where it was. Like a this, naivete and an yeah. earnestness. It's you know? the earnestness, I think, that was. Yeah. Because it'd be very, very difficult to do this movie in the 2000s after 9-11 and when you're dealing with that 9-11 fallout. Yeah, you had to have it. And I liked how they did that because when you think about it, you know, and, and, and even coming out, the idea that Captain America would be a character that would come out of that era yeah to your point it would never come out of this era even post 9-11 even even with the even immediately but even in 2002 you still wouldn't get a character like that because you know that's still we're just not we just don't think about it in that those terms anymore so to have it be where he's literally 
a frozen, you know, a relic man out of from time, that yeah. time. To quote Elvis Costello. <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, and by them setting it that way, having him do a lot, go on his first big adventure in that time period, that would make a lot of sense to him. And then rip him out of that and have him join us now so that he can kind of continue on um, addresses that very concern that I think I and a lot of other people had going into it. Yeah. I mean, and I think what they were able to do with this movie, I know that they talked about in some of the production notes that one of the early drafts of the film had him, the first half of the movie was world war two. The second half was modern time. And eventually it's decided that no, we would make the first movie, the world war two and the second, like his second act would be Avengers. Yeah. So Avengers is kind of like the sequel, the immediate sequel to Captain America, both in terms of his story arc and in terms of what really happens in the Marvel Universe. The I think that's a very good way of doing it because it would come off as two men out of time in the first movie if you did that. It would because in the even in the first even in the in the the World War II stuff, he seems like a man out of time. Let's do what we do in every one of these and compare it to Crocodile Dundee. Dundee. Yeah. <laughs> the entire first half, because that's exactly what Crocodile Dundee does. The entire first, first half, half of that movie, you're an hour into that movie before he gets to New York. By the way, Crocodile he... Dundee really holds up. Anyway. <laughs> we did this during Thor, as you remember. Yeah. And for some reason, only because we had just watched it. Yeah. We, that's how that whole movie starts. The whole first half is him in his element, and we get to see his strengths, and we see what makes him that character. Yeah. If they had done that, then what you'd get is the whole second half of the movie would be, I don't understand how uh, a TV works. This yeah. is crazy. An iPhone. Ah! Well, what are we, how does it, modern technology. How does he, how do you get him out of the phone? Like, you know, like TV, it would just be you that. have more than one TV. Right. You know, it's like it, would, like it would just be that it yeah. would just be, it would turn into that fish out of water thing. That would have been funny for two seconds. And, the, yeah, and the, it is funny for two seconds in another movie that we'll get to. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, it, no one wanted to see that movie. No. I think it was a good call, and Crocodile Dundee did it better, and we're going <laughs> to leave it at that. <laughs> well, and one of the things, you know, I get a lot of crap from people because my favorite Indiana Jones movie is Temple of Doom. Why yeah. do I like Temple of Doom so much? Because Temple of Doom is the one movie where you actually see Indiana Jones really being Indiana Jones. He's not hampered by Marion. He's not hampered by carrying around his geriatric father. He's just Indiana Jones being Indiana Jones. This is what he does. Well, he's hampered by uh, the director's wife. <laughs> and a kid. A little kid. Although yeah. the kid doesn't really do much after a while. Yeah, but I mean, Data. He, he really has no sort of interest in either of those characters. They're just kind of his sidekicks throughout the movie. They're not really like, he yeah. has a romantic interest in Marion. Right. He has a familial interest with his father. He really doesn't care about Short Round and Mary and, uh, and Willie in the long run. But that's why I really like the movie. And that's why I think I really like Captain America is one of the reasons I really like it is because it's Captain America being Captain America in his element. Yeah. You get a full movie of realizing his full potential and what he can do. So then later on, you could actually have more of the fish out of water stuff. You could do that, but it doesn't have to be – you don't have to sacrifice your character in order to have jokes. Yeah. I guess – or sacrifice really anything in order to have the jokes because you you have a full movie to develop this character. And you still have a lot of those jokes too because he is very – he even in – the 1940s. He is very much a a man out of time. He's uh he's 
you know, they make jokes about him never having kissed a girl, never gone on a right. date. You he know. gets to do right. We get to have those jokes, and I think they they have their place there. And in the middle of the ensemble, he's it's a it's a little bit of a distraction, but there's also other things going around yeah. for, uh, from other characters who have their own sort of running yeah. jokes or their own um, quirks and 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 uh, characteristics that we don't have to watch an entire movie yeah. of Captain America trying to figure out, you know, how uber works yeah you know <laughs> so i so wait on this on this app i just swipe to the right and <laughs> yeah, captain america on tinder um <laughs> but and also that's another a great point that you brought up is that it's the ensemble cast is not like the, captain america is the focus of the movie it's not like thor where you have all these other subplots right. going on with all these other characters all these these characters are just little tiny blips in captain america's life Obviously, the the two most important ones are Agent Car or Peggy Carter and uh, um, I can't think of the person's name. Bucky, Bucky. Yes. Are, those two mm -hmm. are the are the two most important ones. Well, you okay. know, it's just choice between the very you know, <laughs> it's it's very weird. I, I don't know if I want to get too deep into it, but the you have a very romantic interest with Carter, but at the same time, he's not really like romantically interested he's kind of interested in her because i think he feels like he needs to be romantically interested in her captain america is very asexual in a lot of ways mm. yeah i mean he is interested in her but i mean he's not like ew girl she's but... also not the kind of girl that he would have even been used, used to, to at that point because yeah. she's very independent very strong very a very modern yeah. woman and she would have been very out of place in, in a lot of ways in that time yeah. and so he might not have really known even what to do with that yeah and at the same time you have this very uh not homosexual but very bromantic relationship with <laughs> right. bucky a bromance where, where it's yes. yeah but it's i think that's what makes cap kind of an interesting character is that you have this this push to have this romantic relationship but it doesn't work with him he feels awkward and weird but you put him in this bromantic relationship with all these other people in his unit and Bucky and all, and he gets that he could survive in that. And I think yeah. just, it's very fascinating with that character, especially when you look at it in that way. And even later, you know, maybe when he's with a team of perhaps other superpowered individuals, it could be interesting as well. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler. He will be back. Yes. The movie already told us. <laughs> what about, uh, what about the red skull? How do you think he did it as a, as a villain? Uh, I, I love Hugo Weaving. Yeah. I, you know, he, he's always pretty good. He, he generally commits fully to whatever, whether he's, you know, the, the, the guy Fox mask guy, whether he's, for Vendetta. whether he's an elf in Rivendell. Uh, I mean, he commits, he, <laughs> he fully commits. He does. He, he has that voice that the voice and the diction that make him a very, Pre yeah, a, a present character. Even when he's doing the the German accent, yeah. we'll we'll allow it. You know, I wish he had a push broom mustache when he had the Hugo Weaving face on, like a little <laughs> Hitler mustache. <laughs> yeah. Of course, I'm wearing the Hitler mustache. I want to look like that Führer. <laughs> yeah, he was great. Um, a lot of the little characters were great. Yeah, um, every, all there the... weren't a no one got too in depth, which I think was fine because we knew that we weren't going to end up spending a lot of time here I didn't need to know after this movie yeah i didn't need to know tommy lee jones backstory i just needed to know exactly he's, hey it's tommy lee jones everyone in the unit got to be you know kind of a caricature and that was 
the point. Yeah. We, we got to see that because that made sense in a war movie kind of way. Yeah, you, the, the Eskimo with the harpoon and the Native American with the full headdress, <laughs> right. the Mexican bandito with the sombrero and the bandolier. It's like, we need that in this right. movie. The, yeah. the Chinese character with the, the big long yeah. mustache and the, and yeah, the, the big, Fu Manchu the big, mustache. <laughs> the big hat, you know. The Italian guy with the monkey and the grinder <laughs> and the organ grinder. Yeah, it's, you need all that. All of those characters uh, were exactly what they needed to be. Yeah. I came to America to be a leading tower maker. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that worked out. I think. I yeah. Think on that so end. I I like the movie. I mean, I enjoy it. I I I think I enjoy it. Uh, I definitely liked it better than Thor by yeah. a lot. Um, I think it's I think it's up there. I think that's it's up there with yeah. with the other ones. Yeah, I think up to this point. It's it's definitely non Iron Man ish. It's it's definitely one of the best movies that we've seen so far. Yes, I think it's I think it's outside of Iron Man. It's, I think Iron Man yeah. still is probably a little bit better. Yeah, just, it just if I had to choose, Iron Man's got a better three act story. Yes. Yeah, and as opposed to Captain America, but Captain America was never written to be a three act story. Captain America was written to be part one of a three act story. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah, but it, it, we, which you know, spoiler, never really get, it hasn't been resolved yet, but it yeah. should be soon. Yeah. Now's your now's our favorite part, <laughs> our, our our fantasy casting, our, our fantasy of the movie. casting, yeah. So uh, we already um, divulged uh, that we both cast uh, Emil Zola, Doctor Armin Emil Zola, Zola Doctor Armin Zola. No, yeah. not the uh, not the poet, um, <laughs> as Peter Lorre. So we went with uh, I just said late forties. I was yeah. sort of. Um, well, hanging look, this around you 48 were, you wanted to go you said 40s and i'm like um there's still a war going on most of the good people are <laughs> fighting at this point obviously yes obviously we had to go with the late, <laughs> late 40s. well they wouldn't have really made a a, a compelling it, this had to be after the war because we had to see okay. um all of that so yes I, I believe that if we were to go with the late 40s um then who would you have as your captain america okay um for me it was john wayne it was john wayne I knew that you were going to say John Wayne. I think we actually discussed this at one some point. We talked. I, I I talked about John Wayne a little bit with my wife. We were watching it last night. We were we were kind of working together on this a little bit. I was kind of I running. Have, my... I have multiples. I have two other people that I could put in this in this part. Okay. But he was he's the main one because I think I think he would have. I think you're right because I think if they had. If they were literally making a Captain America movie in 1948, the, similar to the kind of movie that got made in 2011. They would have definitely offered him the part. I think he would have refused it, though. No, I think he would have lobbied for the part. Kind of like... Yeah? Because, okay, so I just finished watching The Longest Day, which is, I think by that point was the 1960s, uh, or 1960. Mm-hmm. And he fought really hard to get in... He didn't even fight hard to get the movie. He he literally went up and was like, I'm gonna be in this movie. And they gave him the part. <laughs> yeah. I think he would have done the same thing for Captain America, I think, at that point, if they had made a Captain America movie. especially. See, I think he would have thought it was... Dumb. 
I mean, he would have been really well, intrigued. what am I going to do? Wear a blue outfit? <laughs> That's not going to happen, Pilgrim. <laughs> it wouldn't be. Well, you know, that would have been interesting because it, it could have been in like a really early Technicolor. It and could it have, could have yeah. been blue and then it would have uh, would have been really, really come out. Really popped. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Who did you put? Uh, I ended up going with uh, a young Sterling Hayden. Really? Yeah. Wow. In that time, he really looked apart. He hadn't really broken yet. He was about to. Yeah. Uh, but he had had some some decent roles at that point. Uh, I also like uh, Gregory Peck. Gregory Peck was one of my uh, one of my backups, but I thought he was too straight laced for Captain America. See, my my Captain America has that rough and tumble, punchy kind of feel to him. Yeah. And that's why I, I, I had a similar concern. My my backup was uh, was Bogart, of course. Not about Bogart. I, I don't know. I don't know that we would have looked very good or that, very convincing. But that's back in the day. I mean, you have to remember that back in the day, Robert Mitchum was a guy who who looked who was considered a tough guy, and Robert Mitchum had my body shape, <laughs> and I'm not a skinny dude. No, I mean, I just don't think I, he didn't really think about like. There weren't really big action movies. There were war movies and yeah. there were westerns. And yeah. those were kind of the action movies of the time. And yeah. and and Bogey didn't really play in a lot of those. No, he, he was didn't. in uh, That's the, why I didn't the go odd with Western. Him. I didn't go with Bogey for that reason. Yeah. You know, the treasure of the Sierra Madre. Or, right. Or, and that uh, wasn't even an yeah. action oriented Western. That action, was a African Queen, you know. That was a that was a gritty yelling at stuff. <laughs> <laughs> shooting, saying racist things, uh, Western. Yeah. Uh, no, you're, you're was, absolutely right. Yeah. So he was a little bit, uh, he, he was tough to, to to think about, but but I'm going to go with, with Sterling Hayden. I like Gregory Peck as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to stick with John Wayne just because I like the idea of John Wayne. Like, I got to carry a shield. <laughs> well, Red Skull. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he says. <laughs> then he punches him. <laughs> <laughs> then he lights a cigarette and eats a cheeseburger. <laughs> A steak. He just eats a steak. He just starts <laughs> eating a steak right then and there. Smoke. Could you see Captain America like sitting there smoking, like having a cigarette hanging out of his mouth? He's like, "Well, yeah. guys, what are you waiting for? Let's go kill us some Nazis." <laughs> Soon as I finish enjoying the smooth taste of this Marlboro, <laughs> Lucky Strikes. Yeah. Um. So, how about your Red Skull? Uh, my Red Skull, James Mason. Ooh, nice. James Mason, star of, I think, what is it, Run Silent, Run Deep, or is it yeah. Enemy Below? Run Silent, Run Deep. That's yeah, good. That's, I went with him just because I was. I went through a bunch of German actors. I wanted to yeah. get someone, and I couldn't find a German actor that I really, really knew yeah. well enough that I could put in a part. Eric the, von Stroheim. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much the only one I could think of from the time. Yeah, so I, I ended up like looking at like war movies that I really liked and who played the Germans, and it was usually someone who was British, and it ended up being James Mason. I was like... All right, I can see James Mason doing this. Sure. He's, he's got the – he could probably pull it off. I went high class. I went Laurence Olivier. Ooh, that's yeah. – yeah, that's that's a that's a good pick right there. And once again, you went British as well. So. I did. Yeah, yeah, I figured – yeah, it, it almost – that wasn't really intentional. But um, I also just think it was really funny that he was starring and directing in Hamlet at, at that same time. And I was like, no, you know what? He's going to take a quick break. And he's going to go <laughs> – He's going to play Red Skull. He's going to play Red Skull. Then he's going to go back to playing Hamlet. But as we all know that if this movie is directed the way it was, it would be like Captain America doing a lot of fighting. And then it would be lots of scenes inside of a Nazi bunker. Bunker with a big map exactly. with like little things on Something the map. Something would be blinking yeah. periodically. And it would be like they would move like the little token that's like a Captain America shield and they'd move it into Berlin and then you'd see Red Skull, Scheiße! <laughs> <You know? laughs> Something like that. Like it'd be lots of scenes of him going, damn it! 
That is ex- that is exactly. Well, you wouldn't say happened. that in a 1940s movie. No. Yeah. You'd say something like "Mein Gott!" Like curses. Yeah, curses. <laughs> Lots and then he bang his fist down. Yeah. Um, who else did you cast? I cast uh, I cast uh, an Agent Carter, uh, Peggy who'd, Carter. Who'd you put? Catherine Hepburn. Ooh, I won Vivian Lee. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I initially went Lauren Bacall, but I have my wife to thank for uh, yeah, for yeah. Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, Captain America. <laughs> thank you for saving us. <laughs> I don't know why Catherine. Why it's old, but it's all it's it's old. It's old on Golden Pond, Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> it's never young Catherine Hepburn. Never. 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 <laughs> no, I went I went Vivian Lee. I was I was thinking uh, Scarlett O'Hara type Mid Atlantic. Sure. You know, like she's good at accents. She could do it. Um, who else did you cast? I did uh, Bucky. A Bucky Barnes. Who'd you put? Montgomery Clift. Really? Yeah. Thought that would be fun. <laughs> I went uh, Mickey Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest box office draw from 1939 to 1941, spanning two decades. <laughs> Jimmy Jillikers cap. <laughs> Come on, tell me that's not perfect. Uh- only if he does it in the really racist caricature makeup from Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, I was, I was, I was <laughs> Only going, if he does that. I was going to say the racist makeup from Meet Me in St. Louis, but either there, way. There you go. Oh, Captain America. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. We can't watch this movie. <laughs> it's, this movie's it's terrible. So, uh, yeah, that's. I, I was like, I, I went silly on that one. Who'd you go for uh, director? Uh, Orson Welles. Really? You went yeah, Orson Welles? I wanted to go Orson Welles. Who do you think I went with? Uh, John Ford. Yep, that's who I went with, John Ford. <laughs> if I, you went John Wayne, you went, went John, John Ford. Ford. That's right. <laughs> I was actually thinking of John Huston, but I um I didn't know if he was directing back then. Um, I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, I also cast Clark Gable as Howard Stark. Ooh. I, don't think, um, I didn't... just wanted the mustache. Yeah, that works. And I cast Gary Cooper as the general. Gary Cooper. <laughs> yeah, he's getting a little on in years. I just wanted yeah. him to have the. I just wanted him to be involved. I initially wanted him as my cat, but I realized he was getting a little too old. The only other person I cast was uh, Hitler, and that's Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's actually. It's not even Charlie Chaplin's. Not in. They just intersplice scenes of the dictator <laughs> yes. into the movie. So that's that's kind of how I did that. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right, so does does this movie fit into the Marvel Universe as we know it so far? Definitely better than most of the movies up to this point. They yeah. make it a point to show that he's going to know Tony Stark's father um, very well. He's going to – he's already been – they don't talk about S.H.I.E.L.D., but – you know, we we know you get, that we're getting yeah. into that. We're getting the early stages of that as part of you this. You get Nick Fury showing up. Nick Fury shows up at the end to kind of really drive it home that this is going to be part of a larger thing. I think it's probably the most since uh, maybe Iron Man 2, but I, I don't even want to say that. I think it's definitely the most, and that's because we're getting into the Avengers, and it's clear by this point that we're 
doing a phase and, uh, thing. I think, and well, I also think that, as I said, the end of the, the Favreau verse, the beginning of the Whedon verse, I think Whedon tries to tie it all more together. He tries to get all, all the stuff to meld really well. Yeah. And he had the advantage of, of those movies yeah. to kind of draw from and, and some of that character work had already been and the, done. And the foresight of directing the next movie. Right. He knew where he was going to go. And so, yeah, so it really does seem like a nice Did, puzzle piece. Let me ask you this. Um, this was a question that I had been thinking of when I was, you know, been editing the last few podcasts, does this movie make you want to make you excited for Avengers? Did this movie make you excited for Avengers? Um, rewatching. Well, it's hard to say. When I saw it the first time, I was getting it out of the way because <laughs> Avengers was coming out and I hadn't seen it yet. It or Thor. Yeah. So I was excited because I like Joss Whedon's work generally. Um. I've been a fan of his for a while i like anything a lot pre-season of season other... three buffy <laughs> i like a lot of uh white people on the internet really <laughs> i was just gonna say nerds i should just say nerds instead of saying white but um white people do really love joss whedon yeah um i was very excited about him doing that because i know he's good with ensembles i know he likes the source material i know i like his writing it would be fun it would be something i would enjoy and Spoiler but, alert! It was. But let me let me frame it in in terms of a story. Think of you think of the Marvel Cinematic Universe as one big story. Did this movie make yeah. you excited for the next chapter of it? No. 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 Because I'm not excited about thinking of these as one great big story. That's one of my chief complaints going in, and it's what's it's one of the reasons we're doing this. Is yeah. Because I'm not. Uh, I don't buy into it that, that that's a good way to, to do things. Well, I mean, that's because, I mean, that's kind of a way you have to frame these movies in that they are going to be, they're, they're a small part of a bigger part of a bigger part. Like yeah. you got to think Captain America is the smaller part of what we know will be a series of Captain America movies. At this point, they're already plotted out till three, right. uh, two had already, two has already come out, not in terms of when we're, you know, as we're viewing this. But Winter Soldier uh, has come out in the real timeline, and Captain America 3 uh, Civil War is planning on coming out next year. So we it's a smaller part of that thing, and it's also <laughs> a larger— you were toy. <laughs> yeah, it's also a bigger part of the Marvel Universe as a whole. Are you interested in seeing Captain America as a character again? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, that, you know, because like Thor, for example— after that first movie, I'm like, why would I ever watch another <laughs> Thor movie? I'm still not sure I want to see Thor again ever. Yeah. <laughs> and I've seen him twice. Yeah. After the, fir- <laughs> after the first Iron Man, you're like, oh, I can't wait to see Iron Man again. Yeah. After Incredible Hulk, I was kind of like, eh. <laughs> maybe don't make another one of these. Yeah. <laughs> we don't yeah. need a Hulk, too. And then Iron Man 2 was I much better on the second watch, but I remember watching it the first time and being like, okay, I'm done with this. <laughs> but after watching it the second time I ended up for the podcast, I was like, oh, okay, I can I can see this. I can see this. And now Captain America, and of course, every, just rewatching Captain America, I'm like, oh, I love Captain America in this series. It's the one character they've gotten. Well, Iron Man, they got right. They but I seem mean, to have them down. They got, I agree. They, uh, but I mean, right off from the running, they got. They, they got, know what yeah. works about it. They know how to make the character. It, it's. It's. Yeah. It's good. Yeah.
All right. So final thoughts. Um, I liked I liked this movie. I enjoyed it. Um, I think I enjoyed it maybe even a little bit more than I did the last time, and I liked it the the first time I saw it. Yeah, I I really really liked it as well. Um, on a on my ten star scale, I I would probably I'd give it an a solid eight. Okay, a solid eight. All right. I, get, I go seven. I give it a seven. Yeah. Um, I think I give Iron Man an eight. So I think I have to. I think I, gave, I have to make yeah. those work. Yeah. I, I want to give it an. Uh, I I give it a solid eight. I want to give it a nine, but I think that once again there's some production things that I think held that movie back. Yeah. Uh, especially some of the vehicle, like as we said, the the Cobra Hydra. Thing. Yeah. It's the regrettable. You know. Yeah. The lasers. The punching. It just sort of becomes. It wasn't a terribly exciting finale i thought i thought the final act was was just a lot of okay we know where this is gonna go they they yeah. seemed like they weren't really sure yeah. how to end it i mean the 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 himself sacrificing was was important um yeah. for the character for the story for everything you know yeah. for, so i mean that part worked but everything else that led up to that was kind of like okay it would have been more interesting to see him um, do something a bit more strategic yeah. and to really use the, the brains over brawn part. But it seemed like once he got the super serum, it was just like, well, now I can uh, just punch my punch. way out of everything. Yeah, I think that's a big complaint I have as well. Now, now he would just punch the flagpole down. Yeah. And then punch <laughs> P- Carter. Yeah. And then I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to jump. I'm going to jump out of the timeline to talk about Avengers for a second, because Avengers. Mm, I would say about. 75% of all the action sequences in the Avengers are not integral to the plot, but are interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. I don't find anything interesting about the fight scenes in Captain America. They're just fight scenes. Sure. And it's the same yeah. complaint I have about Thor and uh, and the Incredible Hulk. It's just stupid, stupid punching fight scenes, and I don't need to see that. Make it interesting for me to watch. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I mean, like, the only really interesting action scene that they do in Captain America is the Snowpiercer scene. And even that's not that interesting. Well, it's, yeah, and it's over. It wasn't even, it was it's, just, it's all like, they got out of that was, was yeah. Toby Jones. It's yeah. like, it was, really? a, it was a, like, it was like literally a five minute action sequence, but it was interesting enough because it wasn't wave after wave of villain coming at them. Yeah. Wave after wave. <laughs> you know? it, 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 it was, there was something, there was something for Cap to do. There was some, some danger for him. There's yeah. no danger when he's assaulting, you know, the castle in Austria with the tapestries. Right. Yeah. There's, that's that's how I feel about it. But yeah, I'd still give it a solid eight just in terms of, because I have to divorce these movies from the action sequences or else these movies go like plummet way down in my opinion. <laughs> right. Because the action sequences are just long drawn out and they don't do anything. Yeah. They, they get a solid four maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with the, with the action scenes, like if I take the full thing of Captain America into account, uh, I probably would drop it down to about a six, mm. but then that'd have to readjust for all the other movies as well. Right. Uh, I would drop it down to about a six just because I've seen movies with great action sequences, and these movies do not have great action sequences. So.
planetarbitrary.com for all your Planet Arbitrary needs. You can follow me on Twitter at Planet Arbitrary. You can follow Kevin at... At K. White Says. Like our Facebook page, backslash Planet Arbitrary. Also, uh, give a listen to the other podcasts we have. We have Play On, which is the Pat's Retro Video Game Review Podcast, where they talk about video games. Vigi games. Vigi games. And uh, you also listen to Game Classy, which is uh, me and Steve, where we talk about tabletop games like Dungeons and Dragons, non Magic the Gathering. Games. Yeah, non Vigi games. <laughs> Magic the Gathering. <laughs> and so on. And other things. <laughs> Settlers of Catan. You know, things that white people like doing. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to keep on the white people thing. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the best thing you can do to help out the podcast is to go to iTunes and like, comment, and subscribe. Yay. Get us up there in the rankings. You could also check us out on the uh, this uh, this podcast. Also shows up on YouTube on the Game Classy channel. So if you want to listen to us on YouTube for some odd reason or another, I know people like it. People love to do that. I can't understand why, but if you like to listen to a podcast love that on the YouTube, YouTube interface, I don't you can know. you can listen to us there. But it's at uh, it, that's at Game Classy, so you can find us on there. Uh, so, Kevin, until next time. Kevin and Joe will be back next time in The Avengers. Come, Mickey. Oh, life shit.